You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, welcome to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. So today is July 1st, which means that Stefania's astrologer, Cassandra Joan Butler, is going to be giving us a look ahead for July. She does this specifically for This Life Explains It All every month, and she does it specific to your sign. I love these and mine are always spot on. So before we get into the rest of the episode, let's hand it over to Cassandra. Hello, friends. This is Cassandra Joan Butler, your star reporter for your astrology for July. We start the month with Mercury retrograde, the planet of communications and connections. Now, Mercury retrograde isn't a terrible time, not at all, but it is a time to slow down and redo, reconsider, and recalibrate everything and anything involving communications and connections. Because Mercury is in Cancer, a water sign, it is a time to bring your emotions back into balance with your mind. This all makes sense, right? We are all suffering with a little COVID burnout, exhausted mentally from all the changes we've navigated. And the big news for July, of course, is the lunar eclipse on July 4th and 5th occurring right on the U.S.'s birthday. Now, an eclipse is a portal of change. A lunar eclipse is a pathway for emotional change. Expect to see an uptake in social unrest and emotional upset. For Aries, as July begins, your focus is on the family. You want to stabilize your home, perhaps even spruce things up a bit. The full moon eclipse shows you what changes you need to make in the home, including the emotional atmosphere. The lunar eclipse for Taurus triggers a change in your routine and environment. You are inspired to adjust your schedule to fit the new normal. Be brave and speak your mind with greater confidence. For Gemini, money matters as July begins. The eclipse illuminates what you need to do to increase income. The uncertain economy forces you to explore new options, perhaps turn a hobby into a part-time job. Overall, strengthen your personal values. Happy birthday to cancer people. Every July is your month to shine, to focus upon your needs, hopes, and desires. But this year, the powerful July 5th eclipse helps you to project a stronger and more confident you. 
For Leo, catch the inspiration of the July 5th lunar eclipse because it resonates within your spiritual house. You could experience an internal epiphany of sorts, be open to clear guidance and a deeper connection to spirit. For Virgo, as July begins, your connections with friends and groups takes center stage. The eclipse opens new social pathways for you for business or pleasure. Let go of worry and of judgment. For Libra, July is your career month, and you may feel especially overwhelmed yet excited with many new projects around the lunar eclipse. Use this energy positively to create an inventory of new career-building ideas. For Scorpio, as July begins, you have a desire to expand your world. Use this time to explore new learning, teaching, or marketing skills. Your message will be heard as you speak your truth. For Sagittarius, the July eclipse focuses you to focus on self-improvement, personal growth, and empowerment. Be open to making the emotional, psychological, or financial changes to do just that. Capricorn, July is your relationship time of the year. The lunar eclipse illuminates what changes need to be made in your personal relationships, a new beginning or an ending. For Aquarius, July is your time to get serious about ways to improve your health and work out old negative habits. They can be released under the light of the eclipse as you rebalance work with a little fun. For Pisces, July signals a time for you to embrace the creative muse within. A special project you have been working on finally gets a boost. The energy favors fun, romance, and playfulness. Have a great July. Many blessings and see you next month. This is Cassandra Joan Butler. Ah, Amazing. I love hearing these. So I'm a Scorpio sun and Mine today was all around learning new things and speaking my truth. And I'm always wanting to learn new things. But I was just saying the other day, actually, that I wanted to take another course in psychology because that's something that I'm super interested in. So it's funny that that came up as well. We hope that you enjoyed that. And let us know if your sign resonated with you and what came up for you. Okay, so let's get into today's conversation. Stefania and I are going to be talking about how to navigate through the increase in pace that many of us may be feeling right now. I'm definitely feeling it. So we're thinking a lot about how we can keep some of those quarantine principles and that slower pace with us as we go into our busy lives again. Stefani and I are going to be sharing our experiences in that realm, what has been coming up for us, and then some ways that have helped us navigate through that and slow down as much as possible, even when things get busy. Let's get into the episode. So what we're going to talk about today is... A lot of us, and this has actually come up for me and some people that I've been talking to, is we're feeling like the pace is really picking up again. And I did have one day last week where I felt really overwhelmed. And I was thinking, like, what can we do when it feels like this? And we really can't take a break in that day or you can't set a boundary because it's it's not realistic. So 
what can we do to bring that same pace that we had in quarantine when we were just a bit slower to the everyday now as the pace is picking up more and just make sure that we're bringing as much energy as we can into every day and not burning ourselves out. Yeah. So we're going to talk about both of our experiences in that area and some things that we do that have helped us just keep our energy strong. Yeah. I remember at the beginning of quarantine, there were all these memes going around of like, everyone's talking about, they can't wait to get back to normal or the new normal, but what parts of normal do you want to take with you? And I think that's exactly what we've been thinking about and want to talk about today. Like what parts of what we've learned through these past few months do we want to bring into life as it will continue? So we're going to talk about that in a minute. I wanted to share before we get into that conversation, a couple of cool things that have happened lately or that have made me think. We talk a lot about signs and recognizing signs and our intuition. We've talked about that in a number of our conversations with guests. And I had a cool example of a sign come through yesterday, which I I just wanted to share and have you think about, have you had kind of signs like this? But Kat, you know, I've been thinking about going on this trip. So our friends are going on a trip to the Finger Lakes in July, and they're going to, that's a lake region in upstate New York, if you're not familiar. Specifically, they're going to Lake Canandaigua. And this has been in discussion, and our girlfriends are going, and I was thinking, oh, I really would love to see them, and I would love to go, but It is going to be such a big process to go to upstate New York from California right now, like multiple flights. It's going to be a big ordeal at the airport. I really don't know if I should go. Like maybe I should just sit this one out. And I was really thinking I should just sit this one out. I'm not going to go to Canandaigua. As I was thinking about that, I was continuing on with my day. I had a phone call meeting that had been planned and this person is based in New York. And so that's all I knew about where this person was based. But she gave me a call and her number was a Rochester area code. And since I'm originally from Western New York, I recognize the area code. And I said, hey, I see your area codes from Rochester. Are you from there? I'm from nearby. And she said, no, actually, I'm from Canandaigua. It's beautiful there. You should go. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, that's true already, but I know it's, it's, that's so crazy. If that is not a sign that you have to go there. It's such a small thing. It's like, okay, you're deciding if you're going to go on vacation. It's really not that serious, but I think it's just such a great example of those little messages that can come through to us. Mm -hmm. Like, what are the chances of that? And of her saying, it's beautiful. You should go. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about this before. Like every person that we interact with is the universe talking to us. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. And that was just such a cool little example. And so I made the decision after that and I booked my flight Mm -hmm. to go. That's so good. I love that. It's so true. I love what you said about everyone that is communicating with us is a teacher or an even in some way. And I even think about really powerful statements that people have said to me early on in my life that I have taken with me forever. Yeah. Like when my dad said, essentially, don't be a victim. That has been something that I have lived and breathed and just made sure my entire life that I'm very conscious of that type of behavior. And why? Like, was that my dad or was that just something coming through to me? Yeah. It's like, that was a message that needed to get to you. 
think about, have there been any messages or really good advice that you've gotten over the years that have just stuck with you? What is the best advice that you've ever received? Oh, that's a big question. And we did not talk about this before. So this is totally off the cuff. (laughs) I'm trying to think, I don't know that I can call out one piece of advice. I would say that any piece of advice that I've received that has been along the lines of the fact that kind of what you were saying, like we are responsible for our own lives. We are responsible. We are the owners of our own happiness. Anything along those lines has really shaped me and stuck with me. When I think about what's something that someone has said that has stuck with me through time, my grandmother, who's since passed away, but her and I were really close, had a couple of things that she would say. She would always say like, que sada, sada, which is what will be, will be. And she would sing it sometimes. And she would also say, that's life. She would sing that little, she had an Italian accent and she would say things like all along the lines of like, whatever is going to be, will be. And, and that's life. Like, well, that's life. And, and it's kind of like this calmness that you can take with you through the waves of the experiences that we have in our lives. And that has stuck with me. And even from time to time, I'll say in hard times that I've had, sometimes one of those songs will come and play randomly on whatever I'm listening to and I'll know it's a little message. Mm, Yeah, songs are big too. Like if you're listening to a song and then all of a sudden just a lyric comes out that really sticks with you, I think that's definitely a sign. Yeah, I think that our loved ones can, we're getting a little more spiritual in this conversation, but I do think that our loved ones or guides, however you think of it, I believe that songs are a great form of messages that can come through because I've definitely, because I've had sentimental songs or or special songs with people who've passed and then they'll come and they'll play on, you know, randomly I'm listening to something and that wouldn't be an expected song that would play or come up or I'll hear it playing in a store or restaurant unexpectedly. I feel like it's a sign and and it comes at just the right time. Mm -hmm. We need a little support. You need to know that you're not alone because we all go through ebbs and flows in our lives. Yeah. And I think music is just such a comforting and it just completely changes my state when I listen to it. And I've been listening to so much more music, especially since I have this drilling going on. I have horrendous drilling happening in my apartment during the week. It's only lasting for another couple (laughs) of weeks, but yeah, it's been horrible. But when I work If I don't have meetings, I'll work in my apartment and I just have noise canceling headphones on and I blast music and I can't hear the drilling. But it's actually, even though the drilling is horrible, it's actually led me to music again. Yeah. Because I I listen to music when I'm running, but I don't really listen to it while I'm working or anything. And and because the drilling's so loud, I'm just belting out the words to the songs and I'm dancing and it's just, it's actually been amazing. So oh that's my God. I need to do more of that. It's so great. You know, I actually just thought of one piece of, I don't know if this is advice, but a quote, I could go on and on about all these quotes that I quote and live by, but a memory just came into my mind when I was younger. I remember we had like a gateway computer in the office. It was huge. And I would go and I would look up on like V1 of the internet quotes on quote sites on the internet. And there was this one quote that really stuck out to me. I think I was maybe like 11 or 12 and I printed it out and I stuck it on the refrigerator and I told my whole family they needed to live by it. And it was a quote by Zachary Scott. I don't know if he was the original 
quoter or the original source of this quote, but the quote was, in life, never regret the things you do. Your greatest regrets are the things that you don't do. So do the things. And that came to mind when you said, what was the piece of advice? Yeah. It's like, do the thing anyway. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. Do the thing anyway. Like no matter what the excuse is, there's a million excuses, do it anyway. Yeah. And you'll always, always regret the things that you don't do. I mean, whenever I'm making a big decision, like moving here to Australia, my first instinct was no, that's so far. Why? And then I started thinking about it. Do it anyway. One other thing, I know I've been talking for a bit, but one thing I wanted to tell you, Kat, that I didn't tell you before, because I kind of wanted to have this conversation with you live for the first time. Are you pregnant? It really made me think. No, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> like, what is the big, uh, big life update? This has been on my mind a lot lately. And in thinking about everything that's been going on with COVID, thinking about mortality, thinking about life and what that means in my own views about hysteria being created, fear. And I've had a lot of thoughts and a lot of deep reflections on how I feel about some of the messaging and and all of these other things. But something happened today. So today my family's all getting together. I'm not with them. They're in upstate New York, but today is the anniversary of my grandfather passing away last year. And so my mom told me this morning that my whole family was getting together for a lunch or dinner and like everyone was coming together. And my grandmother is old and she's not well. I mean, she's mentally with it, but she has other health problems. So she's good. She's enjoying her life, but she's someone who is certainly high risk, very much high risk, maybe the highest risk because she has a lot of health conditions as well. And so I said, mom, but are you guys all, and one of my cousins was flying in and just a lot of people are going to be around. And I said, but mom, are you going to be around Nana? Like, how are you guys all going to be around Nana? Like, I know you guys are being careful and in terms of all the precautions that we're all asked to take. And I said, and that's how I feel too. Like, I feel like for myself, I'm okay being freer, but I'm really respectful if anyone else is not comfortable or if there's an older person around. And so I said, mom, like, that's dangerous. Like, I don't know that everyone should be around Nana right now. And she said, oh no. My mom said, well, we've talked to her because at the beginning, we were all very, very cautious with your Nana and we did every precaution necessary. We didn't allow a lot of people to see her. We only saw her through the glass. And one day she said to me, I don't want to live that way. Like, and I don't remember the exact words and I won't quote exact words, but essentially the message was, if I'm older and I only have a certain amount of time left in my life, that is more reason why I want to spend all the time that I possibly can with my family. And I want to take the risk because I would rather this period of my life be filled with my family being around me, even if I'm going to be more at risk than to be alone and isolated. What's the point of that? And I had just listened to an interview recently of a really well-known doctor who wrote a book I'll link it in the notes and I'll link the interview as well that he was talking about that. And he said, you know, it's interesting because the older people are at risk, but they also have the least amount of life left. So what do they want to do with that life? And Catherine, what I want to talk about with you is I think that there's this idea now that like 
And a lot of times in Western medicine that the goal, and I felt this a lot even because without going on a tangent, I worked on college pharmaceutical medicine, marketing and advertising it in my first job. And I got to see firsthand a lot of this stuff. But I think that in Western medicine, there's such a focus on staying alive the longest, regardless of the quality, really. Like the goal is just stay alive. But it's like, is that really living? And what does it really mean to be alive? And what do we care about? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's such a good point. I mean, from your grandmother, like what would be the point of living if you can't live, if you can't see the people that you love every day and you have to look at them through the glass? I mean, I think it's obviously a personal choice on what people would want to do, but I wouldn't imagine that anyone would want to live like that for a long period of time. Like I think when it first happened, it was kind of like, okay, well, this will be a month of this and then we'll have quarantined enough so it passes. But when it comes to a certain point, I mean, my mom isn't as old as your grandmother, but she said the same thing. She was like, I don't care. She's like, I know that I'm in the risk group, but I want to go see my grandchildren and I want to go see my son. And you know, if I get this and then, okay, but like, it's been three months now of just sitting in my house. I mean, it's no way to live. Yeah. It was just such a different way to look at it that I hadn't thought about because my whole thing this whole time had been after a certain point, I was like, I'm comfortable. If I'm just thinking about myself, I'm okay with any risk, but I'm going to be so respectful of anyone who is wanting to be more cautious, anyone immunocompromised, anyone old. And I kept saying like, you know, if I'm going to be out and about a little bit more, I'm going to make sure that I won't be around anyone old or anyone immunocompromised. But then that little kind of insight or the point of view of my grandmother, I thought it just really opened up a new kind of way of thinking for me and had me asking myself and thinking about, this just happened this morning, what really is it to be alive and be living? And is it just about the longest or is it about something else? I mean, I guess it's all personal preference, but I would say as humans, we're social creatures. That's just innately who we are. And we actually are at the core, our need, we have a need to have human connection. And if we don't have human connection over a long period of time, we die. I mean, babies die when they don't have human touch or human connection. It's not even just like the fundamentals of what they need. It's like if they don't have human connection, then they don't make it. So that's such a powerful thing. And when you take that away, if you're living alone and you don't have human touch or human interaction for such a long period of time, like at the end of the day, it's, I don't have a long time to live anyway. Then I just want to live and do everything. Like just do everything that I can. Yeah. I feel like I would feel like that. I certainly would. Yeah. Yeah, I would. All right. Shall we get into what we were originally going to talk about? (laughs) Yeah. So let's get into it. So this topic came up for me because one day last week, I just woke up and I was in a bad mood and I knew it was going to be one of those days. And I was one of those scary days for me. Stefani doesn't like it. (laughs) I get real bad, but I try not to communicate too much. Yeah. (laughs) So I woke up and I'm like, this is going to be one of those days. And it was also the busiest day that I had. Like it was the busiest day of the week. So it's not that I didn't enjoy what I was doing. It was more that I was not in the mood to do it. anything. I just wanted to 
be by myself and do something by myself. And I just couldn't, it wasn't the right day. And I was thinking about that because we talk a lot about setting boundaries and protecting your energy and saying no, but there are some instances where that's just not realistic if you're working. Or if you have a child. Yeah. Or if you have a child, absolutely. You know, there are situations where you can't just say, you know what, (laughs) screw you guys. And I was thinking about that that day because, you know, I had meetings on the calendar that have been booked for a while and I was excited to have them. It was just, you know, I wasn't in the right mindset. And I'm like, you know, you can't really just reach out and say, hey, like I'm I'm setting a boundary. So, and I actually talked to a friend that day about this too. And she was feeling like that too. And I think it's like, what's happening is that the pace is really picking up again, but we still want to make sure that we're protecting our boundaries. So one of the things that helped me in that moment was just planning something for myself in the moment, like a change of scenery, like even going to knowing like, okay, on Sunday, I'm going to go to a completely new area and just sit in the sun by myself. I think sometimes I don't prioritize alone time as much. And I really require that to recharge. Mm -hmm. So just having something planned in the future, even if it's a massage, like something to treat myself or just sitting in the sun, whatever helped change my state. Like, okay, there is going to be an end to this. I'm going to have some sort of reward for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And then just finding something that I'm excited for. So we have this interview coming up with Ainsley McLeod next week, and I am so excited to talk to him. I read his book six months ago, and it's all about whether you're an old soul, a young soul, the different types of souls you can be. And he's a past life regressionist, which can help you determine who you were in a past life. And I am just, I loved his book and I'm so fascinated by this topic. So I just thought about that and how excited I am for that conversation. And that changed my state a bit. But I think it's also just like, there will be days like that and you have to push through, but making sure that at the end of that day, there's something that you can do just for yourself. Yeah. And that helps me. Yeah, that reminded me of the four keys to happiness that we reference a lot, which are someone to love, something to do, something to look forward to, and something to give back. And so the something to look forward to is really important. And that's a key part Mm -hmm. of one of those four kind of pieces of being happy and always having something that we're excited about. And it could be a tangible thing. It could be an intangible thing. But I think that's really, really important. That's been important for me too. Yeah, I think even the something to give back is probably something that I didn't mention that would have been really powerful if I could have helped somebody else with something. Even like if I went to a coffee shop and bought the person behind me their coffee or like yes. just did something. Little things like that. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. It's like in my lowest points, and I would say maybe not in my totally overwhelmed, overworked points, but just also if we're talking about just like stress, doing something kind for someone else will alleviate some stress for you. And I can guarantee you that if you can do one small kind thing, it will help. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought of a couple of things that I do. Maybe mine are a little bit more tactical, but these work for me. So when you were talking about how you felt really overwhelmed, I was thinking, so I'm usually kind of, I will say my busiest day 
is usually Tuesdays because our podcast comes out on Wednesdays and usually we're preparing to get everything ready and we're getting everything together and we're making sure the edit is good. And so Tuesdays are usually one of those days where everything just goes a little bit later than you think and you're working late and you're tired. And I used to get really stressed out, not stressed out, but I used to get really kind of a sense of that, like being a little bit drained or all the things that you were talking about on Tuesdays and thinking, oh, I'm I'm biting off more than I can chew. Are we doing too much? And getting stressed out. And then I would realize, and once it happened a few times, then I was like, oh, wait. And now I keep this in mind. When Wednesday came around, I felt totally different because I had done all this work on Tuesday and I was so busy on Tuesday. And then Wednesday came and it was like, "Ah, I get to take a breath. And I started recognizing that pattern. And now it's really helpful for me. And something that I would suggest doing that has helped me is when you're feeling really overwhelmed, journal it out and just take a minute to write out exactly how you're feeling. Even if it's super sloppy, just jot it down. And then the next day or the next day that you feel like you can take a breath again, write that down and write down what you feel. And it will keep reminding you that you have those big ebbs of being busy and you have this kind of cycle that happens, but then it's done. And then you go back into that like flow cycle afterwards and it always happens. But when we're so caught up in how busy we are, it's really hard to remember that the other side is not so far away in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So that's something that I do because it just helps to reinforce. And once you do it once, you'll always remember like, okay, I'm always busy on Mondays. I have all these meetings and I feel overwhelmed, but I'm going to keep in my mind that by Wednesday, I'm going to really be taking a breath again. And then in the day-to-day, my second thing that I do, and this is like kind of once you've done the first thing and you've recognized where your stressful periods lie throughout the week, you can actually then do some more micro adjustments to not have so much of that whiplash. So one thing that I was taught a long time ago, I think we had a workshop cat at BuzzFeed and someone... Regis at BuzzFeed, anyone from BuzzFeed listening will know him, did a workshop with us and it was all about calendar hacking based on your productivity. And that made such a big difference for me because it's all about recognizing and really paying attention to for at least a couple of weeks, what are your most creative times of day and what are your most productive times of day? Maybe those are the same, maybe they're different. And then what are the times of day where you have lower energy? So some people are really great in the morning. And that's me, like my most productive, my energy, my creativity, morning. Some people find that later in the evening. Some people find that later in the day or after lunch, whatever it may be. I, by monitoring, when do things feel effortless for me? When do I get something done really quickly? I could change my whole calendar around. So one thing I was doing was, this was so backwards, but there was a period of time where I was staying up really late if I had something due, like I had a deck due at work and I would stay up really late so that I would finish it and get it done. And it would take me maybe three hours to do. Well, I learned over time through trial and error that if I just woke up one hour earlier the next day, I could do it in an hour instead of three hours at the end of the day. Have you ever recognized that when you do something when you're tired, it takes way longer than if you just rest and do it when you're having energy, it's so much quicker? Yeah. Definitely. Because you process things when you're resting or when you're sleeping. So if it's a creative project or a creative presentation, you'll process that when you're 
resting. We'll process what to do and ideas will come to you. So that's why when you get up again, it just flows out of you because you've been processing it without knowing. Yeah, exactly. And also you're in your peak energy, if that's a peak energy time Mm -hmm. for you. And so you're just going, going, and it doesn't feel like as much effort. So I used to stay up late, but then I realized I can just get up earlier and do the things in half or less the time. So really pay attention to that. I also used to start with my emails in the morning and I would want to get my inbox down and respond to all these things in the morning. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm using all of my best creative, productive energy responding to emails instead of doing more meaningful things. And so that is a big thing. And that's something that we work on in in coaching as well and like transitioning out of this reactivity of response and into set up your day for when you're most productive. And even if you have this like 24 hour email response time, tell people who really need to get a hold of you the best way if it's urgent, but otherwise you look at your email during your more passive energy period times of day. For me, that was, and that always is the afternoon where I'm done with my creative and most productive energy and I can be more passive and respond to things. Yeah. And one of the things is getting I mean, again, it depends on when your productivity is the highest. For me, it's also in the morning. So I have been turning my phone on airplane mode in the morning and choosing one thing that I absolutely have to get done because I get very distracted with, you know, multiple forms of communication. So just turning everything off and getting that big thing, whether it's a presentation, whether it's, you know, whatever I choose that I'm going to feel really proud of myself at the end of the day for doing and just do it in the morning and turn everything else off until it's done. Yeah. And it will get done really fast as well because you're not getting distracted. Yeah. And remember, there's no such thing as multitasking. We're just context switching and then we start all over again. The least you can context switch in your day the better it's going to be. So this is, I guess, one other little thing is like, is you can set up themes for your days of what types of things you're going to be working on. That's also really going to help you if you're feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. All right. I think that does it. We've covered a lot of different kinds of things in this conversation. Yeah. You guys have just kind of joined a a conversation, I guess, that we would normally be having. Yes. Talking about a lot of different things. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed it. And let us know if you like this format. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah. And guys, remember to leave us a review if you are enjoying the podcast. And if you're enjoying our conversations, if you're enjoying our interviews with guests, share them with a friend. It's how we can connect with more and more people and grow this community and hopefully give some help and support to those who can benefit from it. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.